Welcome to the Rare Faith Podcast, where the solution to every problem is only an idea away, and where the same activity with just a little more awareness always yields better results. Award-winning, best-selling author, Leslie Householder, brings some of her best information to this inspiring series of life-changing episodes that you won't want to miss. Show notes for this episode can be found at rarekindoffaith.com. and has writes about and, and has classes about I've been studying and it's literally changed my perception on life completely. It's helped us with our relationships, our marriage, our relationship with our kids, with finances. You know, we've been able to learn how to get debt free. <laughs> Just every aspect of, of my life, the things that they teach help with everything. And so anyway, I'm excited to hear from them today, so we'll just we'll just turn the time over. And we just brought you, I got you guys some oh, oh, aloha. Thank you. I didn't know what mahalo meant mm-hmm. before I came, but I heard it so many times on the airplane. I'm like, I have to know what this means. So I found out. Now, now I use it. Thank you so much, Denise and Colin, for letting us be here and for letting us use your beach chairs. And it's been such a fun week. I have about three or four different things that I want to share tonight. We're not going to have time to do all of them, so I thought it might be a good idea to just kind of run through the room, find out a little bit about who you are, why you came tonight, and whether or not you're already familiar with some of this stuff, or just kind of get a feel for where we're at as a group. That's okay. You want to start? Sure. I'm Teresa. I live in Milwaukee. I've been in Hawaii for four years. I'm always really interested in things that help expand, I believe in abundance, and so Carmen, my housemate, told me about this, they're Italian, and I'm so happy to be here, I'm looking forward to it. Wonderful, thank you. Yeah. I am Carmela, most of you know me, from church. (laughs) I heard about your book from Angelica, because her husband called her on the phone, and he was on speakerphone, and he was talking about this book, and I was like, what book are you talking about? And he's like, you should tell Carmen! So that's how I found out, and she was selling me. It was a great book. So I bought it. I read it in one night. Was that Jackrabbit Factor? Okay. I have all of your books. Okay. So. <laughs> and she was like, you're a great reader. And I'm like, but I'm really familiar with the stuff you talk about because I've studied different things at a Japanese university. Uh-huh. And I also was in India. Okay. And I also had some classes with the Dalai Lama. Oh, wow. So many of the thinking and the other stuff that you talk about, I don't want to spoil it, yeah, yeah. Um, I was familiar with it in a different perspective. Mm-hmm. So I really enjoyed how you put it in your books and stuff. Thank you. But I'm really excited for tonight and hear more of what you have to say. Good, good. Thank you. I'm Angelica. We're in church. And um, what church is this? <laughs> <laughs> So I learned from you because of Sister Wallace. She talked in a Relief Society activity and I was so interested in the thing she said. So I was begging her, please teach me more. Please, I want to learn everything you know. Took months. So, and then she finally said, okay. So, and then she said, watch this video. And I watched you. And I, he's my father-in-law. We need to watch this video. It's amazing because suddenly everything that I learned 
it clicked. Mm-hmm. Oh, now I understand. And then I got the book and everything you compared with the scriptures. It was just like, this is what I need to know to really understand what faith means. Mm-hmm. And it changed my, my life. And talking to Sister Wallace every week, she had been teaching me and, and everything about you. Teaching your book. So. I was so happy to spread the news. You need to listen to this lady, buy the books. My husband is like, oh, I want more, I want more. He learned the book, he read the book, and he's all this stuff. So, and we have been going through a difficult situation. And because of these things, our perspective in life is changed. So we have a good attitude no matter what happened. It's bad, we're expecting the other side, something good to happen. Yeah. So. Yeah. We have we became happier people because of all this knowledge. Good. Thank yes. you. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. I'm Quinn from Mesa, Arizona. What? Oh, Are you from Mesa? Yeah, yes. we're Gilbert right now. Oh, Gilbert. Okay. Well, we, the Mesa. I was born and raised in Mesa. We were married so. there. Uh, and we go to Gilbert Temple now because uh-huh. Mesa Temple's closed. Right. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I'm the father-in-law of Montana. My son Dan is in Honduras, but we were here a couple months ago when they showed us that video of yours and we're really interested in it and I'm not supposed to be here tonight I'm supposed to be home watching the two boys but my wife said I couldn't so she has so she stayed home. <laughs> she didn't trust me oh <laughs> but I've watched boys before yeah <laughs> are you visiting Hawaii then right now we're, we're visiting okay okay well, I just retired uh, two weeks ago good so where in Mesa are you from we're in the Red Mountain State okay okay in the northeast of Mesa yeah good Good. How we had to come to Hawaii to meet. I know. <laughs> I know. That's really great. All right, we'll talk to you. So I'm Karen. Denise gave presentation in Mesa. Was kind of the first that I learned about it. But I knew that this was going to be a great night and wanted to come and learn more. Oh, good. Glad you're here. I'm Nicole, and I also heard from Denise about you, and I just came here. Okay. Cool. I'm Becca Brown. And I learned about you from these. And you know, I'm actually a life coach myself. Uh-huh. Um, and so, just love it. So. Yeah, it's good. Good. I'm Rebecca. I actually found out about your stuff from a fellow voice teacher. And then she sent me the videos, and I loved it. It was probably five or six years ago. So I sent it to my, my husband, and he watched it, and then we just read the books. And we really think that it's a lot of reason why she moved back to Hawaii, which is where he grew up. And why we're here and in situation where we are. Right now we're demolishing the old home that his dad lived in and we're doing really crazy adventurous things. But yeah, I can point to that video that we first watched. So. Where were you living? We were living in Provo. Okay. Mm-hmm. We like went to BYU and never meant to raise our kids there and we're just there for like 20 years. So. <laughs> <laughs> we escaped. <laughs> it was great. It was great. Yeah, our oldest kids were raised there, but now our younger ones are not even going to remember that. So. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. How many kids do you have? We have five. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so yes, this is my wife Rebecca and Thomas. To kind of continue what Rebecca was saying, yeah, um, when I was exposed to, um, I think it was Jack Rabbit Factor first. I wanted to learn more, and so I signed up for your online mastery course. And I haven't even opened the second half yet because we got through the first half of it and then all the stuff what happened. happened. <laughs> I was in the Mormon Tabernacle Choir, which is now the Tabernacle Choir. But I was doing 
great things in Provo, but then all of a sudden it was time for me to come home. Yeah. And uh, take care of things here. Uh, just family stuff. And now we're building a house in Hawaii. Yeah. And it's not in Hilo or, or somewhere where the land is cheap. It's right smack dab in Honolulu. So wow. I can't. Rebecca and I agree that half of your mindset mastery course is powerful enough. You have to finish it. You're half no, that's, yeah, that's the thing. It's like half of your mindset mastery course was powerful enough to, to kick us loose of. You're not supposed to do the big things in the first half. I, <laughs> horrible student. No, no, no. He's doing the second half work right now. He just doesn't know it. Yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Detention yeah. for you. Yeah. yeah. That's really great. Thank you. Okay. I'm Jamie Chang. I just a few months ago got married, quit my job, and moved out here with my husband. So Denise mentioned really good things about it, so I'm excited to learn and just trying to figure out my next phase of life. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Cool. Um, I'm Andy, and also I heard about you from Denise. I, I don't know as much. I haven't read any books or anything, so this is all very new to me. So I'm excited to learn more. Good. Good. Perfect. You guys decide who goes first. I'm not going to get involved. Well, okay. Yeah, she, I saw your face, Krista. She was like... <laughs> Go, Betsy. Okay, um, I'm Betsy. I'm 14 years old, so I'm probably on this one here. I heard about from Sister Wallace, who's my Yellow Moons leader. Cool. And I was talking about how um, I want to publish my own novels. And I heard you're a self-publisher, so I'm really here more for that side. Uh-huh. And I'm really know that you did self-help books until I looked you up afterwards. Okay, okay, good, good, I'm glad you're here. <laughs> I'm Melody. I, uh, I've never really met an author before, so I got kind of excited, but it was mostly um, Haley that told me about it. I was like, oh, you kind of like, okay. And then I was like, well, I guess this is my first time meeting an author, so it's really cool, and I'm just kind of curious. I just want to hear about it. There's right. normal people. You're sitting a little higher. I <laughs> it's the chair, it's not us. <laughs> I have one guy, and he, and he still tells a story. Um, Which story? <laughs> you know, Matt. No, um, so there's this... There's this guy in Utah who got all kind of weirded out about meeting an author, you know. And I don't even remember which event or what the circumstances were, but he's, he's sitting next to me. He's like, like, I wish you'd just do something. I'm like, how did he, how did he say it? Like, yeah. I don't know if he asked for this or what, but I just had to pick my nose in front of him just to chill him out. <laughs> and now he talks about that everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm Kaylee, and mostly here with my daughter, Betsy. Okay. But I haven't heard of your books or anything like that. Denise did mention them, but I'm excited to learn about them. Okay. I'm, again, new and willing to learn like yours. All right. So really cool. <laughs> I'm Krista. She told me to come. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, so I'm her pet project. <laughs> I'm a new teacher. She practices on you. Practice, but I have to pretend I'm crazy just so that way she has <laughs> all your knowledge and she tells me all about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have seven kids. Youngest is six, oldest is 20. And we move around every two to three years. And I'm really here to be a more successful me. Okay. Wonderful. Because there's a whole lot going on. <laughs> we just asked the I think Becca has words for you. So be Rebecca knows. 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 Rebecca knows.
with Anna. Um, we're, we're, we're teaming up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it takes a I'll let everybody know about I can guess. <laughs> I have to say, um, Denise, look at the ripple effects. Yeah. So, you guys don't know, Denise doesn't feel real confident in this stuff, but she is amazing. She has been an incredible student of this material, and she has been such a, an amazing contributor to our online class that we've been having, our guided mindset mastery class. Everybody has benefited from your experience and everything that you've been willing to give, your vulnerability and everything. So, thank you. Mm -hmm. On behalf of all of them, you're, you're better than you think. <laughs> you tell me that every day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she has three miles to walk with me. <laughs> you don't have cheesecake, Sister Lois. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> so we're the only people that came here just from the email. Are you really? Yeah, you guys are. Yes, yeah. met her. I mean, we know all these people. We'll see that goes to show you how to text me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just a way. Yeah. <laughs> we gotta bring this to the locals. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, we don't have email yet. Yeah. <laughs> well, we were driving up the east, east shore side. today. We lost internet. We're like, it was no internet. <laughs> yeah. Where are we? Oh yeah, we're in Hawaii. <laughs> um, so before we kind of kick off, Colin or Denise, is there anything else you want to say about why you're here? Maybe. Yeah. Have you met the Chalks before? No, we just met. So she told us our story when we when came in. So okay. That's really cool. Yeah. I guess we can kind of how we got into this. So I'm military, obviously, otherwise we wouldn't be on military island. <laughs> <laughs> I've been in for 28 years, somewhere in there. Shortly after you were born, I think. <laughs> Actually, I did all growing up. I played Army too. See, mine, knuckle hats. So, being in the Army so long and missing out on a lot of stuff with the kids and the family, I decided it's time to figure out what I'm going to do to get out of the Army and uh, start figuring out the retirement. Never really thought about it. And when we figured it out, I'm like, how the heck am I going to live on less than half of what I'm making now? So we got into looking at uh, different multi-level marketing type stuff. And uh, we got introduced to John Sims. Mm -hmm. John Sims talked about you, but it was really Kirk Duncan. John Sims? John Sims told us about you guys. We didn't know who you, but not yeah. by name. You know, we've never met him. Are you we never you? got big enough in the organization to get his attention. Well, he told us about... Jock Rabbit story and stuff. And so when we started reading your book, I'm like, and then you talked about John Sims. I'm like, oh. So I guess I should like say Like it connected, John Sims it all connected, yeah. John Sims was like one of the biggest builders ever in, in Amway when Amway was a big thing. Yeah. And then they left Amway when they kind of went a different way that they didn't feel good about. And then they started a new company called Avisay, which now is combined with three other companies. And, uh, he, uh, he went from being a tow truck driver to somebody that owned his own leader jet. Mm -hmm. Fly people around and he still acts like a tow truck driver. <laughs> Very yeah. down to earth, normal guy. He was one of the greatest teachers and mentors uh -huh. of, the, of uh -huh. these principles that... Funniest guy ever, I've ever met. Yeah, yeah. yeah we, we talked to him all the time, but then... But then we went to a function where Kirk Duncan talked through, through, through our business. Mm -hmm. 
we went to all his trains and he told us about you guys. Talk about the whiskers and the uh-huh. bed. And, uh-huh. and so when he mentioned that, and that was the last training with him, then I, we started reading your books after that and that. So, so I feel like one thing led to another, to another, because the stuff that you guys have taught was the missing key for me. That was, it was the light bulb, like the light bulb went on. I was like, this is what I'm missing. This is- well, I have to say there was a time it was really, the, this idea that it comes full circle, you know, when we talk about in, in our other podcasts and whatever, we've talked about when we were struggling so much and we started going to events, it was these seminars that these this organization would put on to help train their distributors to think according to these true principles. And going to over a hundred of them, we would listen to the big leaders who had succeeded and done so well teaching principles of right thinking and, and success and how mindset changes everything. You know, you think, oh, if I change my mindset, then that will make me do things differently and I'll get different results. And what we learned is that, no, you change your mindset and things change, even before you start doing things differently. It's fascinating. But when you start paying attention, you start tracing it, you realize how important your mindset is. But as we're going to all these events and we're taking notes, listening to these leaders, um, we get a nugget and we're like, oh my gosh, that changes everything, you know? And, and bit by bit by bit by bit, we get a piece, get a piece, get a piece until, you know, seven years later, that final piece fell into place and we're like, and then in three months tripled our income. You know, it was like we, we had to get all those pieces in place for that to happen. But along the way, we had so much admiration and respect for these leaders who had figured it out and were seeing successful results in applying them And there was one time I was asked to speak at a fireside in St. George, probably eight, ten years ago. And as as I'm sitting there getting ready to talk about my book, Hidden Treasures, I see this couple walk in who were some of the leaders that we had learned from years before, walk into the fireside where I was going to speak. And I'm like, were you there? Uh, Steve? Yeah. I think I was. I'm like, look, look, you know, somebody we had idolized, you know, someone we learned so much from. And, and then he came up afterwards and he came up to me and says, thank you so much. This was the piece I was missing, you know? And I'm like, oh my gosh, awesome. oh my gosh, I'm so happy. <laughs> it was cool. So to hear Sims, you know, coming back around and it's just, it's just fun, but I'll, I'm going to be all over tonight. <laughs> I'm just going to just be all over because I'm excited. One thing I want to say is there's a lot of people you know, they built big businesses or whatever, and it might have been an MLM or it might have been just a regular traditional business. And a lot of them don't know why they were successful. They were what we call unconscious competence, right? You know, they, they couldn't teach somebody else how to do what they had done, but they just instinctively knew how to do what they did. For themselves. For themselves. But when you learn these principles, we're like, this is so amazing because now we can teach it. You know, now it's it's something concrete that we can understand why things work the way they do, and it's duplicatable, right? We can share this with others. And so there's been a lot of successful people that have come to us and said, I want your books because I want to be able to teach it. Like, share how to be successful with, with others, with their kids especially, like, and their, 
their family. So that was cool. I remember when I did an interview on the local ABC news in Arizona, I had three minutes to try to convey what Jacobit Factor was about. And I was still like, I don't even know what my elevator speech is, you know. Three minutes, and I kind of went blank. We got a nice screenshot. It helps sell books, you know, because it looks like I'm important that I'm on a TV show. But I blanked out. It was the most awful interview ever. Never wanted to do another one. And from that, you know, I thought, oh man, this is going to broadcast to the Phoenix metropolitan area. Got to get the books ready. There's going to fly off the shelves, whatever. I think we sold one book from Oprah that interview. <laughs> we sold one book from that interview. And it was someone up like closer to Flagstaff who emailed me and says, I saw your interview. And she says, I could see your frustration because how do you explain this? I know. But she's like, I love your book because it explained what I do that I didn't understand what I was doing. Now I've got this to share with my friends and family. And so that, that's kind of what it's done. So backing up, for those of you who don't know anything about what this is about... <laughs> So, Trevin and I married in two, no, in 1991, and before we got married, our plan was, okay, we, we talked about this before we got married, that, you know, I really want to be a stay-at-home mom, and he wanted that for his <clears throat> wife, and so it was a match, we got married? No, But we get married, and we were young and financially unprepared to be self-sufficient, you know, I mean, scraping by, but not self-sufficient enough for me to stay at home. And so we both worked that first year. We were also going to school. Starving college students. Starving college students. And then I'm expecting, and at the end of that year, I'm ready to have this baby, and we just decided we're going to operate on faith. We believe this is what the Lord wanted for us, and our family is for me to be the primary nurturer at home. And so baby number one comes along, and I quit my job. And the numbers didn't add up, but we believed in a miracle, right? You can live on love, right? You can live on love. Two can live as cheaply as one. You've heard these things. As long as one person doesn't eat. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So that year wasn't the blissful motherhood scenario that I'd imagined from the time I was a little girl. It was constantly stressed, worrying about how we're going to pay this bill, how we're going to cover that, how... if the bank is going to reverse that late fee again or not, you know, it's just constant that way. Old, old cars, car, car. we had a dune buggy, it was a second car, we sold that to help pay bills. I sold my wedding dress, sold my young woman's medallion at a yard sale. You sold her flute. Sold my flute. It just, you sold my guns. You know, just to stay at home. I I didn't know the Young Women's Medallion wasn't something you could just go buy at the Deseret Bookstore again sometime. Somebody was really excited to get it. She was so excited. Later, I served in Young Women's, and the bishop, I told him the story, and he was kind enough to get me another one. But, yeah, I'm like, that's how desperate we were. (laughs) Um, We were working multiple jobs. We were cleaning office buildings at night after school and after our day job. One of the office buildings we cleaned was Stephen R. Covey's. Never met him, but I've emptied his trash many times. Um, (laughs) Anyway, so all this, and before the baby came, our radar was up. We were looking for a way. 
how you know a better job or whatever we were both working at a home for the mentally handicapped which was basically minimum wage when min minimum wage went up we got a raise yeah. 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 So Trevin's at the grocery store one day and this young kid is there and he gets talking to him in the aisle. And of course our radar is up looking for opportunities. And he said that he's got a business and he's expanding. And he ended up being our connection into this multi-level marketing organization that we joined. And as we went to these events, we were convinced that we could become like the leaders who were not just stay at home mom, but stay at home dad too. Why not? If we're going to be dreaming big, why not? We just want to enjoy our family. And so that became the dream. And it's kind of, I want to say it's sad, but it is kind of sad. When you get a glimpse of what's possible, it's sometimes hard to be happy with anything less. <laughs> and so it's this balance. It's figuring out how to have a dream and how to pursue it without just being absolutely frustrated and upset with the way things are, because sometimes that gets in the way of living these principles. And these principles are what open those doors. We might get into more of that later, but long story short, seven years of going to these monthly events, trying to figure out how to think right, how to talk to prospects right, how to build this business. And at one point we had one leader say, look, if you just show 150 presentations, you'll be making $2,000 a month because nobody in the organization has ever done that many presentations and not hit that level. And we're like, cool. So I created a paper with 150 squares and I thought, all right, honey, we fill this in and we're going to be making $2,000 a month, which would have retired us. I mean, that was amazing money <laughs> that students, time. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, residual income nonetheless right that was attractive so we get to the end of that paper we did 150 presentations and we were no closer to making <laughs> for the audio trevin is putting an l on his forehead <laughs> like we are the first people in the history of this organization to do 150 presentations and not be making that money it was probably just somebody throwing that out there like like how would anybody know really now that i think about it it was a good motivational tactic to get us moving. But we were just frustrated. And I was dealing with depression, and it was never diagnosed officially because the one time I went to the doctor to get help, first meeting, she was very encouraging and optimistic. When I went back to actually get whatever help she had to offer, she ticked me off, and I stormed out of there and never went back because I was depressed, you know, about life and... Anyway, so I'm pretty sure I was clinically depressed. Things got bad enough, you know. There was a point, and I tell this story probably too often, but it just encapsulates kind of where I was at and where my mindset was, that I came outside one time. We were in this two-bedroom little um, CD apartment in a neighborhood that was not inspiring, and <laughs> um, you know, cig cigarette smoke coming through the outlets as I'm raising my babies and I'm home with them and it's just a constant reminder that life is not what we had pictured. But I came outside one day to find my broom had been broken in half by the neighbor kid and so I called the police. That's where my head was. That's how I solved problems. You didn't have the $12 or whatever it was to replace the broom. I was so upset I called the police on the kid who broke my broom. Two years later, not 
necessarily in a depressed place, but I did call the police on a kid who's a five-year-old who stole cookie dough out of my fridge. <laughs> it's a true story. True story. That's on my video. If you if you want to hear more of that story, go find my video at rarefaith.org. It's under the freebies section. The video. We're not recommending that, by the way. No, no, no. Calling the police. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> she came in when we were not home. We didn't even know the kid. Did we? No. no. I thought it was your own kid. No, no, no. <laughs> That's not, it wasn't that. <laughs> hearts, but <laughs> so anyway, um, we you know, these events were coming around regularly and every time I'm like, I know I need to be there because I keep getting pieces that I need, but I'm just so tired of nothing really changing. So tired of nothing changing. And we were we were investing money we didn't have in these trainings. We were spending grocery money to go to this $10, $20 thing here or $300 thing there. And so this one comes along and I'm like, honey, I know we need to be there. I'm so tired of this. I'm kind of mad, don't want to do it, but had to go. So we went and I said, this is the last one. Been doing this for seven years. You get all hopeful and then you crash when nothing changes. And you go to the next one, you're all hopeful and you crash because nothing changes. And I think those kind of helped at least keep me up once in a while. So it was giving me hope. Some people call it hopium. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but by the same token, <laughs> by the same token, hope is a poor man's bread. We were living on this hope, and it did keep us going. So we go to this event, and the speaker there was Bob Proctor, and he was very subtle. He didn't have our attention. He he's not this raw, raw, big, flamboyant type, entertaining speaker. He's just like, look, there is a verse in the Mormon scripture. He's not a member of the church. He says, there is a verse in the Mormon scripture that says, there is a law irrevocably decreed before the foundations of the world upon which all blessings are predicated. And when we obtain a blessing, any blessing, any from, blessing God, from God, it is by obedience. by obedience to the law upon which it is predicated. Something like that. I'm not quoting it right. I never do, but it's close enough. It's close enough. <laughs> you can look it up. DNC 130, 20 and 21. So this is how he opened his presentation. And I'm like, I'm listening, you know. And he said, He said, I'm like, is that an amen? <laughs> yes. So, so he says that there are laws connected to prosperity. If you obey these laws, you'll prosper. And I'm like, and what are the laws, you know? And so he starts teaching, and actually the first time he taught, I wasn't really paying attention because I was distracted and he was not entertaining. And I was tired, you know? And, and she it was, was counting up how much we had spent to go probably, to that event. Probably, <laughs> And at the end of the event, the whole room, it was at the D Event Center in Ogden, or near Ogden, in Ogden. Huge, giant crowd. Mm -hmm. And at the end, everybody was in a buzz about what he had just shared. And I'm like, I look at my husband, I said, well, what did he say? You know, he just spent two hours sharing the 
key to everything and I had, I had not listened and I'm like, dang, this was the last event and I missed it. This was the last one I was going to go to and I missed it. So months later, everybody's still talking about what he shared. And I'd never seen this kind of stickiness with information presented at, at these kinds of events before. And so they actually brought him back to speak again, which is something we'd never seen them do before. And they didn't just bring him back to give him two hours. They brought him back and said, here's three days to teach our people. Oh. Yeah, so it was a three-day thing with him. And we're like, okay, honey, we are going. Mm -hmm. We're going to sit on the front row, as front as we can get, and we are going to be ready. We're not going to miss a thing. And it was at that event, we're listening, and we're, we're taking notes, and we're like, oh, my gosh, this is it. Everything fell into place. We finally got it, and it was after that that in three months we tripled our income. And it changed everything. And six months later, he um, puts out a snail mail letter, because the internet wasn't even around at that point. He says, have you ever thought about teaching what you've learned? And I'm like, honey, I've got to do this. I've got to do this. I was never looking for a career, but this was, I had a fire in me. I'm like, I'm, that pain that we went through for so long and the change that it made was so dramatic, I couldn't not share it. So um, trained with him to teach it. I find out probably 10 years later that he saw the letter and thought he would want to. But when he saw how excited I was, he's like, here you go, honey, sure. And I look back and I'm like, it could have been him. It might have been him <laughs> if I had not just been all over that. Yeah, I, I showed her the letter and I'm like, hey, honey, what do you think? And I wasn't thinking about her going. I was thinking about me I'm going. like, yes, I'll go. I'll go. Yeah, and I'm like, okay. I mean, it made more sense. I mean, I was working a full-time job, you know. It was happy wife, It's probably happy easier for her to, yeah. to pull it off anyway. But. <laughs> what I love about 18 years later is that we get to do this together more. You know, there were a lot of times where we were at different places with it as we were learning it and try to apply it and practicing it or experimenting with it where... I'm on fire, and because of my mindset is in this place, things are working, and he's struggling. Or if I'm struggling, and he's got, you know, come on, honey, it's okay, we're going to be fine. And so it, it's been this up and down and pull back and forth a little bit, and it probably always will be. There's some of that in every relationship, but we more, complete each other, right? That's yeah. What we're there to do. So. Yeah. Anyway, so I was teaching Bob Proctor's programs. But I had five kids, one on the way. He was working two and a half hours away. Um, we were fixing a house to flip it. We were in a, it was a two bedroom home with all these kids and life was just a little crazy. It was hard to put on events in the middle of all that. And so I thought, you know, I can't not share what we learned. I need to write a book and let that be my seminar instead of me trying to put on events. And I thought, well, but there are so many books out there that talk about these principles, and I had read them. It's got to be different. It's got to be something that wakes people up. It's got to be an emotional experience. So I could imagine people reading it, and I would get choked up and tearful thinking about those who were still suffering and what they were about to learn. And this, it was such an emotional experience for me to try to create something instead of a book that would just be bullet points here's how to make sure you do this and this and this and this and here's how to think I thought if I could just write a story 
that I could weave into one story all the nuggets that we had captured over those seven years at all those events, every one of those little nuggets, because I still had all my notes. And I thought, okay, well, I'm going to create this story where this couple eventually learns all these things, and I just got to make sure all those things are there so that a person can get in two, three hours what took us seven years. Mm-hmm. That was the jackrabbit factor. That's where that one came from. And so, long story short, that's where it began. Hidden Treasures was actually written first. As I was learning from Bob Proctor, I was simultaneously struggling to deal with a situation that was causing me a hard time to forgive somebody. I was just so angry and so wrapped up in it. It was really, really hard to let go of it. And I think it was a lot of contributing to the depression that would come and go, depending on if I was pregnant or not. (laughs) Which was all the time. (laughs) I know. About the same as you. The span was the same. It was six years behind us. (laughs) So while I'm trying to get over this anger, I'm trying to learn how to forgive, trying to figure out how to forgive, because I wanted to. I thought I need to feel better, and to feel better I need to let this go, but it wouldn't let go of me. And so I'm reaching out, I'm going to therapy, I'm talking to my bishop, I'm talking to my friends and family, and anybody who would just help me process this. And uh, it got to a point where I was like, I had exhausted all those resources, and I was probably annoying people. And so I thought, well, maybe I'll go to the internet. And I was terrified because this thing was new and I'd heard that there's really bad things on the internet and I was afraid to go there. And so I put in the search bar, I'm like, okay, what can I put in here to make sure that nothing but good comes back? And so I thought, well, forgiveness, Christian, I think that may have been how to forgive Christian or something. And what pops up was this website called shelovesgod.com that... I just started reading. It was a place where you could post your own articles or things that you're processing. And I end up on this woman's email list, which, by the way, her website pops up, and I'm looking at it to see, is this a safe place? And down at the bottom is a Greg Olson painting. And I'm like, oh, Greg Olson. And then at the bottom it said CES Consultants. I'm like, oh, Church Educational System. Okay. Well, it's not. It's like some other acronym for her business. But it was enough to make me feel safe. (laughs) And uh, I get on her mailing list. She ends up sending out a broadcast at some point about forgiveness. And so that goes out, and I'm reading it. I'm like, oh, maybe this is my answer. I'm reading it. I'm like, well, there's really nothing new here. I know all this. But I decided to reply, and I'd say, you know, sorry to bug you. I'm sure you get lots of emails, but... I'm just really struggling with this and love your input. And she's like, sure, what's up? And I'm like, oh, she answered. So I tell her the story and we get to be friends. And she says, well, I guess you figure that the reason I wrote about forgiveness is because I'm trying to forgive someone myself. I'm like, well, that never crossed my mind, but, you know, tell me what's going on. She says, well, we had just worked really hard to get out of debt. And then my husband went and racked up all our credit cards again. And she was really upset. I'm like, well, money, I can help you with that because I just learned these principles. And, and so we started corresponding She's from Georgia. We started corresponding. And uh, her website at the time, she had several, was making about 2000 a month. And then the next month with these principles, it went to 4000 The month after that, it went to 8000 She's like, this 
is incredible. You've got to share this with my readers. And she said, will you please write one article per week about the laws, the seven laws? And I said, sure. So I'm on the computer just writing these articles once a week. And by the time that was all done, she's like, well, you know, you need to come speak at my online teleconference, women's conference that I hold in October. And I'm like, what is that? How's that work? And so I'd get on the phone and I would be teaching on the phone, which is the weirdest thing I'd ever done. And then she's like, oh, well, you know, after people hear you, they're going to need to, they're going to want to know more about you. You need a website. So she threw a website together for me. <laughs> Do you see how this one awful, horrific forgiveness issue led to this door that just opened and helped me get underway? And that we're still friends 18 years later. We've been friends ever since. But she taught me how to publish myself because I got tired of being rejected by all these publishers. Um, so I ended up doing it myself, which was good because now I can make them available for free as free downloads and I don't have to get anyone's permission to do that. I still own the rights. So right. there's that benefit. So like you were saying before, as bad as it is, is as good as it is, yes. right? Yes. Yeah. One of the principles. So that's the backdrop. For those of you who didn't really know anything about what we do or what this is about, that's that's where it all started. You're probably wondering what the laws are. Hidden treasures. Hidden treasures. Mm -hmm. And kind of want, I was kind of hoping tonight, I don't know, how are we doing on time? We've got four minutes left. <laughs> Ten. I don't know, what time did we say? No, nine. Ten. Nine. Ten. Ten. <laughs> 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 I thought you were going to have a sleepover. I thought you Well, what I, what I want to do is um, I want to point you to the basics that you can get online when we're not here. Because I'd like tonight to be an opportunity for us to share some things that we haven't shared anywhere else. Hmm. You know, I think that would be fun. And Q&A, I mean, uh -huh. interaction, right? So if you want to know about the laws, Hidden Treasures is where those are outlined. We had a surge of sales before we came here, so we don't even have any to sell. I think this is, is this yours? Mine's no, right here. yours. So we have one. <laughs> we have one. Option. And one, one jack <laughs> Help us pay for our flight home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, Literally, that is all we have. Like, back like, at the house and everything, that's what we have. We do have a bunch of these. This is the Hidden Treasures on CDs. We do have probably six or eight of these here. Um, but on, I bought your book on Amazon, and they arrived within like a day, two days. Yes. They arrived yeah. right away. So I can get those CDs to uh, The CDs are here tonight, yes. <laughs> because I'll probably forget to say this, as a Man Thinketh is like a hundred plus year old book that we republished with a little foreword from me on there. This is a classic. And the principles that are in here are the, the inspiration behind The Jacobite Factor and my other books. That one and The Science of Getting Rich by Wallace Waddles. I don't love the name. The Science of Getting Rich, I just don't love the name. But this is probably one of the most powerful books explaining how the elements respond to our thoughts, that there is a formless substance out of which all things are created, which I'm going to read this because he says it like at the end of every chapter, and it's super powerful. There is a thinking stuff 
from which all things are made and which in its original state permeates, penetrates, and fills the inner spaces of the universe. A thought in this substance produces the thing that is imaged by the thought. Man can form things in his thought and by impressing his thought upon formless substance can cause the thing he thinks about to be created. So it talks about how we partner with God to create the way he did. And so whenever we want to change something about our life, we can use these principles to co-create change, to co-create and get the resources we need to accomplish the purposes we have in mind. It helps you overcome the fear of abundance, even. So I love these books. We have a number of these here, and they're each $5 tonight. And so it's a good place to start if you wanted something in hand and we don't have the others. So... I am excited that Trevin's here with me tonight. We don't get to do this together very often. But have any of you read Portal to Genius, which is the sequel to The Jackrabbit Factor? A few of you? (laughs) So Portal to Genius, we have a few of them on CD, which, by the way, this does have Jackrabbit Factor with it. It's the first three CDs as Jackrabbit Factor, and the last six are the sequel. I have to tell you why there was a need for a sequel. So 2000 was when our first breakthrough happened, and things are going well. We published the books in 2005, and then getting a little bit overzealous, we invested too much in real estate at the top of the market. Because we had done really well with the principles before, and we had lots of money to invest, and so we just we thought we just really knew what we were doing. Because uh, yeah. we had done so well with real estate. In 2004, (laughs) anyway, so yeah, we weren't as smart as we thought we were, but so that's falling apart, and at the same time, the books are doing really well, and the word is spreading, and people's lives are changing, and we're hearing these stories come in, and ours is falling apart, and our readers are so excited and grateful, and I'm like, who are we? <laughs> I don't even know who we are anymore. And we had to grapple with, okay, I felt like maybe I need to pull the books off the shelves. I don't even know if it's true anymore because everything I'm trying that worked before isn't working. You know, it's not working like it used to. So we get to the end of like, he had quit his job to do this with me full time. And we've been doing it for about five years. So why don't you tell them like the lead up to the restaurant. I'm not sure what you want me to share. Things got bad. Just tell how bad they were. Um, so bad. I can tell it. I remember. Yeah. Do you remember? <laughs> <laughs> she didn't prepare me for this at all. So, you know, things did get pretty ugly, and as they did, it really put a string in our relationship too, as you can imagine. But. We did all kinds of things. I mean, we sold all our toys and just tried to keep everything going, just keep everything together. We kind of thought that if we could just think right, we could turn mm-hmm. our bad investments into something good. Yeah. Right? The law of polarity, the, the law of rhythm, all these laws that were like, well, if we just think right about this, then we can mm-hmm. turn it into something amazing. And what we found out is that sometimes the bad thing doesn't become good, but it gives you something good out of it doesn't mean the investment's going to be good. Mm-hmm. And we did end up finding the good in it, but there came a point where 
we were down to the end of all of the money. We had about $200 left in the bank. Um, our savings was gone. Our credit was maxed. We had about $15,000 in, in mortgages coming due because we were floating a lot of properties that weren't selling and weren't being rented and no paycheck in sight. And <laughs> yeah, and six so, kids. Seven at this time. Seven, yeah. wow. By this time. So share about what we decided to do. So, so you know. <laughs> sell one kid. Sell one kid. Yeah. Nobody wanted that. And we have a judge over here, so let's not let him. There were times that thought may or may not have crossed my mind. Um, yeah, so we, you know, coming up to our anniversary, we we were just like, Leslie came to me and she just said, you know what, it's our anniversary, can we just, even though things are like really not in a great place, can we just go out to dinner for a couple hours and just pretend like everything is good? And I remember something that John Sims had said one time. He's a truck driver, he's a tow truck driver, right? So he kind of talks like a tow truck driver and he goes, you know, when you're up to your neck in crap, it doesn't hurt to pee your pants. <laughs> uh, hmm. <laughs> That's John, right? <laughs> yeah. Sounded slightly edited. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. <laughs> but, yeah, he doesn't have the expletives. Anyways, so we, I just, I was like, yeah, let's, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> let's just accelerate into the ground. And so we, uh, we did, we went out to dinner, uh, not some extravagant place, but a place that we, you know, thought was good. It was called Macaroni Grill. I don't know if you guys have been there and heard of it. So we just, do you want me to tell the story or do you want to tell the story? So we just went and they have, if you've ever been there, you know, they, their tablecloths are like butcher paper and they bring you crayons. And it, it's for the kids mostly, but we had fun that night. So we had fun just drawing and just envisioning where, oh, this, this is something that Leslie asked me that night. She said, so we've got a lot of negative energy about how things are right now, but you know, do you think we'll have it figured out in 10 years? And I'm like, oh yeah, 10 years? Yeah, I think we can, we can have it figured out by then. And uh, she said, let's talk about what life is like 10 years from now. And so that's what we did. We used those crayons and we just started thinking and dreaming and talking about what is, what is it like? How, how will our kids be? What will yeah. they probably be doing? Just trying to envision being there. Yeah. And it totally changed our emotion and everything where we were at. We got, it just, got excited. Yeah, it was really exciting. And so we, we had a great night, there was no stress, and as we were walking out of the restaurant, we paid the bill and we were walking to the car, and the waiter comes up, server, whatever they're called now, he comes running back out to the car, and he says, wait, wait, and he had our receipt, and he said, the manager says... Did we think maybe it didn't go through, is that why he was chasing us? <laughs> 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 and he goes... Manager says because it's your anniversary, your meal's on us. Oh. And so they just canceled it out. We didn't. We'd already paid it. We'd already paid it. We didn't even tell him that it was our anniversary. He must have just either overheard or I, I don't know. I don't know how he knew. But 
It was just in that moment. Like tender mercy. In that moment, we just we looked at each other with this knowing look, this knowing look, because we had been very intentional that night about changing our energy, yeah. changing our feelings by envisioning what we wanted instead of what we were dealing with, by letting ourselves feel that, letting ourselves live in that. And those are two things that you're going to hear over and over again, whether you read the books or listen to our podcast, is that two things, see it done, see the end that you intend, see yourself as an author, see yourself selling books at book signings, you know, talking to the people and see it done. And step two, promise, what's step two? You don't mind. Okay, that's right. You haven't done part two. Yeah, I'm, you just hijacked through the main field. You have to get emotional. Emotional. Emotion. I know you know that because that's what you do. Yeah. Step one, see it done. Step two, let yourself feel the emotion of it. And when we talked about how your mindset actually makes things happen without you even doing anything yet, it's, it kind of goes before you. It's that feeling. It's that feeling that you feel that puts a pulse out and starts a ripple effect. And you find out that you get unseen help working for you. You get resources start to gather for you. Things are being organized on your behalf when you have that feeling of grateful expectation that things are gonna be okay. And how often by default do we let ourselves get worried and fearful and frustrated and angry and upset? Well, that's doing this in reverse. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're seeing, what you're seeing is the disaster you don't want, and you're letting yourself feel the fear before it's even happened, which is this creative process in reverse. And so that little thing, that little shift, see the end that you intend and let yourself feel what that's going to be like, it causes things to happen. That's why it's the rare faith that causes things to happen. So the reason I wanted to share this little piece tonight is because about six months prior to that, um, we decided that, you know, for the things that we were learning through the recession, because I think (laughs) we struggled so much to live the things we've been teaching for seven years already. We were struggling to live it because things had never been so hard. We thought they were hard seven years prior. You know, we thought they were hard before that first breakthrough. This this was hard on a whole different level. I have to interject yeah. because one of the reasons is because we learned that we can use the principles to get what we want, but we also learned that maybe we shouldn't be just trying to get what we want. Maybe we should be checking in to find out like what's the best path for us instead of just deciding what we want. So disclaimer, these principles work to achieve stupid goals. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So if you have a stupid goal, you can use these principles to achieve it. But with that comes pain, and we were experiencing that. Yeah. She's laughing because my stupid goal is just put the trash in the garbage can. <laughs> Are you just that aim? Stupid or? goal! It really is. I visualize the counters clean. Oh, okay. <laughs> How is that stupid? That's what I That's want. What to I think. <laughs> That's awesome. There's a principle in the science of getting rich that talks about using the will, proper use of the will. So yeah. we should talk. Can I say with the example? So I go down, the kids made their like breakfast sandwiches, and I said, 
I visualize this counter clean, and my kids are going running, and they go and throw it. I'm like, wow, it's a miracle. <laughs> Dramatic out. That's, yeah. <laughs> That's good. We, could, oh. <laughs> we, we have a daughter who may or may not be just like you. So. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> bless you. It's wonderful. She's a great blessing. <laughs> you know, I was telling Angelica a couple of days ago, when I was like 17, me and my best friend, we always joke we were going to live in Hawaii. And I was like, Oh, I'm going to live in Hawaii one day and I'm going to marry somebody from Hawaii. And then my <laughs> friend was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But we always joked about it. Like, we went to high school together. And I remember in my brain, I was like, oh, my gosh, I really want to go to Hawaii. And I was telling her, I was like, the way I came to Hawaii was crappy. Ended up in a very bad marriage. And I was like, what I learned from that experience is that my mind wasn't that. I achieved what I wanted because mm -hmm. when I was 14 until I was 17, I kept saying, I'm going to live in Hawaii, I'm going to live in Hawaii, I'm going to live in Hawaii. But I forgot to tell the universe, how am I going to get there? And so the universe, like, I'm going to find the first crappy guy that is going to do this. But you're going to get there. So then I was telling Angelica, I had to be specific. Which guy that maybe is dying right away so I can be rid of? So I forgot to say that. But I was like, I still got there. And I was like, but the way it did get me to it, like 10 years after, that was, I didn't specify and I didn't visualize. I was visualizing myself, oh, why? <laughs> and then what is all the rest of the salad? The craziness. And I was like, wait, wait, that I didn't ask for it. So I was like, I learned it, I learned it. I have to be super specific. That's right. Right. And even with Teresa, a couple of weeks ago, we were writing a list. She was like, you need to write a list of the qualities you want in a man. Because I kept saying, I don't want this. I don't want this. I don't want this. And she was like, well, you might going to get that because you keep focusing on what you don't want. Yeah, try searching right. Amazon so, yeah. for what you don't want. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. me, like, Teresa was like, okay, let's sit down together and write down a list of positive things. So, like, it also helped me that, like, okay, let me get back on track and think of the positive instead of the negative. Because then I track the positive instead of that. Right, right. So that's what we were talking with Angelica. We need to be specific. Yes. So when you were saying this story of you visualizing, making the little pictures and stuff, I had to be more specific. So. <laughs> and it's hard we to learn. We to learn the hard way, but the good news is that we can take what we learn and get it right for next time. Yeah. This concludes today's episode of the Rare Faith Podcast. You've been listening to Leslie Householder, author of The Jackrabbit Factor, Portal to Genius, and Hidden Treasures, Heaven's Astonishing Help with Your Money Matters. All three books can be downloaded free at a rarekindoffaith.com. So tell your friends and join Leslie again next time as she goes even deeper into the principles that will help you change your life.